Some of you know that, uh, well, most of all you know that uh, Dr. Wood, our pastor, is on vacation this week. He called me up Friday um, around 9.17, I think it was. He called me up and um, uh, he did say that the person who was uh, scheduled to preach this Sunday uh, couldn't keep that responsibility. And he asked, I know you're scheduled to preach uh, sometime in the summer. Would it be okay if we try to bump that up? If not, let me know. Let me know by tomorrow morning and I'll make some calls. Well, we just didn't want him to be doing that during his vacation time. Plus, um, I, I knew the Lord um, was going to be able to use me in some way. I hope you do too. I hope you think that as well. Uh, so I'm here to fill in. Now, one of the uh, people from... Uh, our prayer time on Thursdays. We meet Thursday afternoon, Thursday evenings for prayer time, and I wanted to let you know about that. You can all come to that. Uh, there's a few of us that meet. One of the individuals at that prayer time said, "Well, Daryl, um, when I shared this, he said, you know, it's okay if you preach like a 15-minute sermon. That's okay. Well, the the hard part of that is it's not." This is why I would never be a teaching elder. I could never be uh, somebody who preaches Sunday in and Sunday out. I just can't do it. Because it's not hard for me to find things to say. It's hard for me to take things away. And that's the hardest part. And that's the part I didn't get to. So here's my notes. It's okay. It's double-spaced. We're all right. That's silly. That's just goofy. Um, we are going to be looking at uh, Romans 5, 1 and 2. Romans 5, 1 and 2. And before we get there, I wanted to ask you, have you ever heard the term, what comes around goes around? Yeah, you've heard that term, what comes around goes around. It's oftentimes um, something that has something to do with bad, doesn't it? Right? You hardly ever hear, I don't ever hear of it as a good thing. You always hear, well, yeah, that's what he deserves, what comes around goes around. You hear that kind of thing all the time. Uh, the same thing with karma. Have you ever heard of karma? One time uh, somebody said karma, uh, with karma, the thing about that is you can be out in the community, walk down the sidewalk, give somebody a punch, and know they deserved it. That's karma. Uh, uh, that's a, another bad thing. Um, uh, other ones uh, would be comeuppance. Did you ever hear of that? Comeuppance? <laughs> what is that all about? Comeuppance. Uh, uh, you'll get your comeuppance one day. Uh, and what that comes from, uh, and I bet you're wondering, where did we get that term? Well, it came around in around 1850s in Americanism. And a comeuppance come from uh, the combination of come up, as in come up on trial, and ants, as in uh, acceptance and appearance. And you put those two together, and you'll get what you deserve. Daryl, you're going to get your comeuppance one day. How about poetic justice? Again, all these things seem to be negative along with what comes around goes around. They all seem to tie together. How about poetic justice? There's a story told uh, in uh, Pennsylvania uh, in, uh, with deer hunters. And I don't know, it's probably an urban legend. I don't know if it's real or not. But there's supposedly a, a, a suspected poacher. All, all kinds of people thought he was a poacher. You know, a poacher who kills deer illegally or out of season or, you know, those kind of things. And, and, and this guy was long suspected of being a poacher. And he was driving down the highway. I, I always think of it as 1115. I don't know if he was on that highway. Again, if it even is true. But as he was driving, a deer jumped out in front of him. He hit the deer. It came up over the trunk and, or, or over the hood. And when it did, the, the, the legs part of the, the deer went through the windshield, through glass all over the driver. And as the deer was flailing before it died, and, you know, deer hooves can be very sharp, it cut up the man and killed him. That's well, not so funny. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, 
But that would be poetic justice. Uh, again, a bad thing. It's always something, you know, what comes around, goes around. Uh, it's a bad thing. Uh, when a cheater gets cheated on. It's an example of what comes around, goes around. All these things are, are a way for man, to, in my opinion, when they say those things, are a way for man to, um, to justify his bad attitude towards somebody else. Or to, to uh, be the judge of one flawed individual to judge another flawed individual because of something they did. So, like, yeah, that's what they deserve. What comes around goes around. That's what they deserve. I think they also probably come from a sort of humanizing or twisting Galatians 6-7. We humanize or, or twist Galatians 6-7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. It's amazing how God took the, um, what was designed for the, other, the person who was supposed to preach and, and made it fit what we're talking about this morning. I was tempted to say, yeah, I, I designed my sermon around the, the, the bulletin. <laughs> that would be foolish, and I couldn't do that. Uh, but it's amazing how God made that fit because we saw that when Rick led us in our confession, right? From the first man, our very, very first parents who sinned, and ever since we've been sinning, and therefore we deserve, we deserve uh, our comeuppance. We deserve what comes around and goes around. We deserve, except, we deserve hell, except, except for the mercy and grace of God who grants the true and pure, positive justification of His elect. And that's what we're going to be looking at. And as we read uh, Romans 5, 1 and 2, you'll see it as well. And uh, for biblical justification, it's an act, not a process. Justification isn't a process. Uh, that's sanctification. Now, justification is an act whereby God moves His elect individuals from a state of sin, guilt, and damnation to a state of pardon and righteousness. God gives His people, He gives His people with forgiveness of sins and removes their guilt and covers them with Jesus' righteousness. This Memorial Day weekend, we could... We could end the sermon and say, thank God that He, he justifies us. Uh, I could do that. You'd probably carry me out on your shoulders. Maybe I don't know. In Romans 5.17, I believe we have that. Romans 5.17. And we read, For if by the transgression of one, Adam, death reigned through the one man, and keep that, keep that uh, reigned in, is important, Reign through the one, that's Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Our theme for 2022 is to follow Jesus. We want to reign in life. We want to reign in life. What's it mean to reign in life? And what I kind of look at that is, is not that we're reigning our own lives. That's not it. We're not reigning over our God. We want God to reign over us. But we want to reign in life. We want to enjoy life. We want to have life by, uh, uh, by the tail, so to speak. To enjoy it. To have it. To, to love living it. Even though there's bad things, we want to reign in life through the One, Jesus Christ. To reign, in this instance, is to exercise the highest influence in life. 
folks, let's, let's exercise the highest influence in our life. And I think one way to do that is understand justification a little bit better. And there's three benefits. Well, there's way more than, than just three. But for this morning, there's only three benefits that we're going to be looking at. Three benefits uh, to, that we can gain from God's gift of justifying us. And we're going to read those as we learn how to live like we're fully justified. How to live like you're fully justified. In Romans 5, 1 and 2, our scripture reading for this morning. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. Let's pray. Lord God, you know uh, the, the speaker, and you know the flaws and the shortcomings of him, and you know the notes, and you can put in what ought to be in there and take out what oughtn't, and Lord, I pray that you'll speak, you'll move in hearts. As we abandon ourselves to worship you and know you better in this worship service, so that you are honored and we know you and know how to follow you, would you help us to do that in Jesus Christ's name, amen. So how are you to live life like you are fully justified? How are you to do that? Well, one way is you must enjoy the peace of being justified. You must enjoy the peace of being justified. That's what we read in Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have, what's it say? Peace with God. Because we're justified, we have peace with God. How? Through whom? Through Jesus Christ. Too often, we let the world's troubles be bigger than they really are. We let the world's troubles and, 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 and uh, uh, struggles be lo- more long-lasting than they really are. We think it's always going to be this way. It's not true. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You, Christian, are fully justified. Let that sink in. You are fully justified now. In glory, God's going to bring the culmination of that with new bodies. But you are fully justified right now so that it would be inappropriate for you to call yourself, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I think that is true that we still struggle with sin, but God doesn't look at us as sinners. He looks at us as fully justified. He saved us from uh, our sins. He died for our sins. He paid for those. And then in uh, the rest of justification, He also gave us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And He looks at us as righteous. Enjoy that righteousness. Know that Jesus saves us all the way, all the way to heaven and permanently. Enjoy that inner calm, if you will, point uh, A under... Uh, Sub-point A under point one. When Jesus calmed the storm. Wasn't that interesting? I love that story. It's one of my favorites. And I love to teach it to children. And, and what I do a lot of times when Jesus called this, calmed the storm. I'll take a, a section of the children and I'll say, Okay, you're the wind. And you make those noises. And they make them. And then the next group, you're, you're the rain. You're the rain. Come on, let's do the rain. And the next one, you're the thunder. And they pound on the table and they stomp their feet. You're the thunder. And then the next one, you're the clap of lightning. And I get them to do that. But I told them ahead of time, when I say, peace be still, and that's what they do. And that's the picture we get. 
One of Jesus. It's amazing when he calmed the storm. It's amazing that those leather-necked fishermen thought they were going to die and all of a sudden this storm is so bad that Jesus says, peace be still. Didn't even yell it that I know of. Peace be still. And the, the lake's waters were done. It defies physics. There's no more waves even. That's our Lord. And that's the same Lord that has the power to say to you, peace be still. With all that's going on around us, peace, be still, enjoy the peace. He wants you to have that peace. He justified you and He wants you to enjoy that justification and be at peace. You have permission to do that. Children, young people in the audience, there's some common fears of childhood. The dark, being alone, getting lost, dogs, big animals, bugs, dying, strangers, noises at night, heights, getting shots, going to the dentist or other doctors, bad weather, storms, tornadoes, monsters, or things under the bed, getting sick, being taken, unfamiliar, loud noises, all these things. And, and you're thinking, Daryl, why would you point those out? Because my, my child didn't have those and now you told them they should. I want you to know, young people, that every one of those things we read, and more, all any other things that you're scared of, every one of those are scared of your Lord Jesus Christ. They're scared of Him. Well, what do you mean? Well, I think every one of those were for, for, because of the fall. Any of those things you're tempted to be afraid of are all pale and insignificance in the power of our Lord. Peace be still. I saw that peace be still in Bob Jury before he passed. Where are you? There you are. Mim. I saw that peace be still in Bob. I saw it in Betty McClure when I was able to meet with her before she passed and we talked together about the assurance of salvation and she said, I'm ready now. I'm okay. Peace be still. Even in death, even in facing death, and I would be remiss, parents, after we read something like this, to not tell you that you are the best person to disciple your children through these things. Use scriptures uh, like the ones that are uh, uh, given to us in Deuteronomy 31.6, Psalm 31.24, and, and Joshua 1.9. This is how you preach when you don't have a lot of time to prepare. You let people read God's Word. And the scriptures are full of things like that. Parents, you are the disciple makers in your family. Grandparents, you have the opportunity to remind your uh, grandchildren and, 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 and nieces and nephews and, and anybody else, this is how I fight those things. This is how I face those fears. Because let's face it, how many of you parents were tracking along with those things as I read them and you said, oh yeah, I, I, I'm tempted to fear that. I'm tempted to fear that. I'm tempted to fear that. Here's scriptures for you as well. Do you struggle with those? We live in an unsettling, unsettled world, don't we? We live in an unsettled world and I think um, it, it only makes sense for us to realize that since it's an unsettled world, we need to settle in more on our Lord Jesus. And to have that inner calm 
that inner calm that God can give us. It should drive us to, to being continually more settled in Christ to have that inner calm. Storms, fears, hardships, sufferings, temptations, failures, uh, we have a lot of those, regrets, you name it. They don't last forever. But that inner calm will. The effects of those things won't last forever, but the effects of that inner calm will some of these things will last a lifetime. Some of those things we looked at, they'll last your whole life through. But not forever. You can, you can have that peace that every one of those things are going to be gone. Jesus, the perfect Messiah, saves us all the way to heaven and forever. I want you to enjoy the peace of being justified by believing that you have that inner calm because you know what's going to happen to you for eternity. Not for this short time here on earth. And I want you to enjoy that being justified by believing your lack of enmity uh, with God. Point B under point one. You're no longer at odds with God. You're no longer at odds with Him. Enjoy the peace of knowing that He no longer looks at you as an enemy. You are an ally. Uh, you are an ally of Him. And we have that on the, uh, uh, in the notes as well. You, you are no longer an enemy of God. You are an ally of His. In Genesis, we read, You will surely die because of sin. But that's only the... Um, that is uh, uh, because of, oh, I'm sorry, you will surely die because of sin, but that is the effects of our sin, but it's not the final word on it because our Lord Jesus kept us from that second death when we accept Him as our Savior. Being justified by Christ, the sinner's great war with God is ended because God gave you His righteousness. Through, uh, therefore, God will never look at you as a sinner again, as we said earlier. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us about how we can avoid that, um, uh, f- that second death. It tells us about how we're going to be getting a, a new body. And it tells us how God is going to raise us up or call us home should we live before he comes, uh, until he, uh, uh, up until He comes back for us. I would challenge you this Memorial Day weekend to read chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. I would challenge you. It's a great day, a great uh, weekend to read uh, what God has done for us when we, when we face death and we realize that death is on us. Except the second death is not with those who, who claim Jesus Christ as their Savior. Until we see Christ the King and He declares us co-heirs with Him and ushers us into heaven, you are no longer an enemy of God. You are an ally in Ephesians 4.32 tells us how God uh, tenderheartedly uh, reconciled us to Him. But look at Colossians 1.19-22. 20 uh, Colossians 1.19-22. Uh, for it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, in Him, in Christ. And through Him, Christ, to reconcile what things? All things. To himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. That when he says all things through the blood of his cross, 
Jesus owned that cross. He died there purposely for us. It was His cross. And, and He died on it. And although we were previously alienated and hostile in attitude, engaged in evil deeds, now wait a minute, what about for those of us like me who at age six, I went to my father because I had a nightmare and I was afraid to die and I told him about it and he told me how I can come to know Jesus as Savior and trust in Him and I don't have to worry about hell. I can have heaven as a home one day. What about that? What kind of evil deeds did I do? Well, I did, number one, and number two, even uh, as I grew, I still struggled with sin, and I was once engaged in evil deeds, and I can repent from those, do evil deeds, and repent from those, and go back to the Lord. That's how we are alienated from God. Not that He had to die for us all over again when we ask for forgiveness of sins as Christians, but to confess to Him and admit to Him that we need you, desperately need you. In verse 22, yet He was now, I'm sorry, He has now reconciled you in His body of flesh through death in order to present you before Him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. That's why He died. To, bl- to present you holy, blameless and beyond reproach. That's the justification that He's given us. Since we know that all things and all people and all, all situations will be reconciled, we can be at peace with God for eternity. Genuine peace, even despite living in this abnormal world. The world is abnormal. The things that are happening in the world aren't abnormal. They're normal in an abnormal world. The world is abnormal because it's it's cursed with sin. But all the things that we've been struggling with, things that uh, we we don't understand and how evil some people can be to take lives for, 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 for whatever reason... That's normal in an abnormal world. But it's okay, Christian. Listen to me, Providence Presbyterian Church. It's okay, and it's God's will for you to be at peace in that despite the unrest around you. You have permission to be at peace. Not joy about those things, but be at peace and know that our God has designed everything in His providence to go exactly the way He has it going. And we can be at peace in those things and trust Him. Pray. Pray for the hurting. Pray for the lonely. Pray for the broken relations. Pray for all those things. But be at peace. Despite the violence, the wars, Despite the way people uh, go against God's design of sexuality and gender, despite all those kind of things, Providence Church, I really want you to reign with Jesus in your life, to reign in life and live at peace. Romans 5.1 instructs us that we should have peace knowing that we are justified. The second, second, in order to live like you are fully justified, you also must stand in the grace of being justified. That's what we read. Verse 2 of Romans chapter 5. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into His grace in which we stand. Stand. The Holy Spirit has called you to Himself. And He introduced you to grace and He introduced you into grace so that you have a reason to stand. How else can you stand before God if it weren't for His grace? You couldn't. You couldn't. I couldn't even though we struggle with sin on a daily basis, even while we're still struggling with sin, God gives us a way to stand in holiness before Him. First sub-point under point two, believe you have access to God and the fullness of His grace. Believe you have access to God in the fullness of His grace. 
The relatively good health that you have is God's grace. The benefits of living in a free, freedom and, and plenty in this country, especially compared to other countries, is God's grace. Luxuries, comforts, showers, air conditioning, pillows, carpet, a refrigerator, all God's grace. All things that often we take for granted. All things that we, uh, uh, we, we forget about. God's grace. Christian, count those things. Count those grace. Uh, the abilities you have. Family, friends, all God's grace. All kinds of things granted to you. Count them. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. That's God's grace. He's given you those things. And it's God's grace. Believe that this introduction to God's grace will not be forgotten. He, he just won't do it. Based not on what you know, but based on who you know. It's okay. You never introduce to somebody and you're there with them for uh, a, a few minutes and, and then they leave and, and within 30 seconds, oh, what was their name again? Right? Won't happen with God. He will not forget your name. He will not forget your face. In fact, He providentially gave you your name. In fact, He on purpose created you for His good pleasure. This introduction, which is where we are all right now, we're all in, in the introduction to this grace. One day, one day when we're, uh, come on in and see what I've made for you, Jesus will say, and we'll be uh, introduced to that, all the grace that is in heaven, and we'll have that joy, and, and we'll, we'll be able to explore it over and over, and the depths of it, we'll never get to the bottom of it because it's a, so eternal, and we'll never experience the boredom. Uh, we'll, we'll just kind of constantly get to know Him over and over and know Him his goodness to us over and over and his goodness to other people they'll be able to tell their story to us and and our story to them over and over it'll be a great family reunion we'll relive all those things and it'll be a a, a grace that we we just don't understand now in our finite minds but we can understand and we can look for those graces that he gives us now have you ever had the privilege of gaining access somewhere uh, because of somebody else's prestige yeah, you knew them, so therefore you could get in. That's the grace that we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. This week I was, um, I met up with somebody that I knew for quite some time, but they don't come to this church. In fact, I'm not sure they go to any church if I, if I remember correctly. And they asked me, hey, is your church having that yard sale again? Well, I said, yes, we are. June 11th. And, I'd, and I said, June 11th is when we're having the yard sale and we'll have all kinds of people coming in between the 5th and 11th and, and they're going to be signing up and they're going to be letting us know that they're coming and, and they're going to come and they're going to be pre-prepared and they're going to be, be making good, baked goods and they're going to be making food. And, and I know this sounds like an advertisement, but it's not because it's not like I'm up here waving a, any kind of sign-up sheet or anything like that. So it's not an advertisement about the yard sale and how you can sign up for it the week leading up to it. But I did tell her... I did tell her, you know, you don't have to wait until that Saturday. You can come anytime between your uh, school bus run, if you're still running bus, or, or you could come in between, or you could come in the afternoons, because we allow people to come early to shop, and we do. And she looked at me and said, really? I said, yeah, and if anybody stops you, you just tell them Daryl said it's okay. Because it is okay. We all, you all decided that they could do that because we have so much stuff. It's better for them to come in. And, and, but she was going to come in on my name. That's how we get in to the Lord. 
and his grace that he's given us as well. I called you, he said. Enjoy the grace. Enjoy that grace. While I'm at it, for those of you who are within the sound of my voice and for the first time you realize that this grace was offered to you in Jesus Christ who justified you and what justification means. And for the first time you realize that right now I want to invite you to accept that free gift that Jesus gives to you. If you're here with us this morning or you're online or you're hearing this in a recording, uh, let us know. Tell us that this is the first time you've accepted Him as Savior. We'd love to know it. And we'd love to be able to connect with you and help you grow in your faith. Because we want you to realize that God did this for His glory. And that's second, second sub-point under point two. He did it for His glory. Why? Since God knows everything, why would God, who knows everything, knowing full well that Adam and Eve were, were to sin against Him, and then sin would come, why would He go on with creation? To reveal His glory. The glory of offering grace. Believe your standing is for His glory because then as you are in, ushered into the glory and you're living your, you're reigning in life before you that time you get ushered into glory, you'll be able to share in the glory of God. That's why He did that. He wanted you to enjoy that grace. Jesus is that prestigious person who granted you access and He wants you to enjoy it. And guess what? The evil one loses. And you'll be able to get those crowns. Uh, they talk about crowns uh, of glory, crowns in heaven that we'll be get the crowns. And, and God will tell us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You did this. And He'll give us a crown. And then we'll be able to take off that crown and we'll put it at the feet of Jesus. And then uh, uh, he'll, tell, uh, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. This is what you did. Go see that person over there? Let's go talk to him and we'll talk together. And You were involved in prayer or you gave money or you, or you t- told them about the Lord Jesus or you did a service in the church or you were part of the church that did this and that person came to no, and they're here because of, 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 of how I used you. And oh, thank you, Lord, for letting me do that. And then we'll take that crown and we'll put it at His feet. And we'll be doing that over and over. And there's no boredom in heaven because we'll continue to hear those great things that the Lord has done for us. In 1 Thessalonians 3.8, Paul, you don't have to turn to that, but Paul was talking to the Thessalonians and he loved the Thessalonians. And he said, here, I really live if you stand firm. I really live, I enjoy life if you Thessalonians stand firm. And it's the feeling that I have for Providence Presbyterian Church. I live when you stand firm. The stand firm is just like soldiers that are standing firm against an onslaught of other soldiers that are coming on them. Stand firm. You have a standing in grace of being justified. Believe you have access to God in the fullness of Him and believe that uh, He uh, has called you to Himself and He wants you to enjoy uh, that stand that you have in grace. There's really no other standing. There's no other hope without grace. And that brings us to the third point. In order to live like you are fully justified, you must keep on keeping on in the hope of being justified. In the hope of being justified. What do we read in verse 2? Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into the grace in which we stand and and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. We exalt in the hope of the glory of God. Hope is a word that's been changed in, in English 
to the point where it's almost synonymous with wish. It wouldn't make sense if I were to talk about Vacation Bible School to you and say, you know, I hope, uh, if, if it was a Greek word hope, I, I, I hope that uh, all week of Vacation Bible School, which is the end of July, that you are going to get involved with as well. Uh, at the end of July, I hope that when, um, when the nights are, uh, happen, that we don't get storms so that the grass isn't wet so that we can use outside in the morning for the children when they come and we can help them uh, in Space Probe Vacation Bible School at the end of July, uh, that we get them involved. That wouldn't make sense. Not here in central Pennsylvania with the, the storms and, and often how a storm can crop up in, in the humidity and in the, in, in, in the middle of the summer. I could wish, but not hope. Hope is a more, uh, is a more certain thing. It's, it's without the uncertainty offered by anything else in this world so that we can have the hope of our justification. We can have the hope that our God is calling us to Himself. And we can have the hope in Him and Him alone for our eternity. In order to do that then, I must remind us, point one under point three, I must remind us to keep a right perspective on earthly treasures. We looked at this in Providence Kids last week. Our Providence Kids meets on, on uh, Sunday nights, and that's uh, uh, children from kindergarten on up through fifth grade. And we're going through, uh, we're going through the uh, series Pilgrim's Progress, and we just came through uh, the town of free speech, remember? Uh, 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 the free speech. And in the town of free speech, everything was important if it was worth something. And, and we, uh, together we talked about our stuffies and our games and our candy and our, and our video game and, and, and our possessions and the things around our house that we can't get caught so caught up in and the same thing is true with all of us there's no eternal hope in your savings account no eternal hope there's no eternal hope in your retirement account and your retirement plans there's no eternal hope in those you'll take nothing with you by that we hear that long uh, standing adage there's no u-hauls behind hearsts the Egyptians kind of inadvertently taught us this when they would take all the riches of a man and after he died, they would take those riches that they'd bury with him. And, and what did he get out of it? He got robbed. That's what he got. Right? There was grave robbers. It didn't go with them. Know that these earthly treasures are subject, as we read in Matthew six nineteen through 21 these earthly treasures are subject to rust, thieves, moths, deterioration, and every kind of thing that would take away. They aren't investments in eternity. Because in verse 21 of Matthew 6, it says, uh, store up treasures where? In heaven. There's the eternal, the eternal investments. Because where your heart is, uh, where your uh, heart is, there's your treasure. Hope here believes that all those fears mentioned earlier that we talked about, those horrible things, the sad tragedies, the mass murders, the threat of wars and death and uh, death of loved ones and, and relationship breaking, all these things are designed by God on purpose, with a purpose. Christian, keep on keeping on in this hope that God knows what He's doing. He can handle it. And He's got it all worked out. He knows the end of the story. He designed it and He's going to get us to that in any, just like any other way uh, an author would do. The perfect author guides that to us. 
Some of you know that I've been doctoring at a retina specialist because I have flashes in my peripheral and uh, uh, I'm having floaters and those kind of things. And he told me what it's all about and the separation of this and those and all those kind of things. And, and I was more interested in how it was going to get better than why it was like that. But I did say, well, is there something I did? Is there something I could stop doing? Uh, do, do I exert too much? Do, do, do you know, I, I, I play, I play uh, sports and sometimes I, I tend to fall. <laughs> and sometimes those falls are on purpose because I'm trying to get a ball or something like that. Uh, is there something I did that? He said, no, there's nothing you did other than have too many birthdays. It was his nice way of telling me what my body and the mirror is already telling me. This Memorial Day weekend, I want to tell you a quick, real quick story. About a year ago, I was with my wife Marlena and we were with our granddaughter and she was a about five and a half at the time. And she was doing something and I was impressed that, uh, that she could do it. I, you know, that's the way grandfathers are sometimes. And I was impressed that she could do it and, and I happened to mention, wow, you could do so many big things. Do, do you ever wonder, Mimi, I was talking to Marlena, Mimi, do you, do you ever wonder what Mackenzie's going to do when she grows up, gets to be uh, her parents' age? Do you ever wonder what she's going to do? Uh, how about you, Mackenzie? Did you ever think about what you might do when you grow up? And she said, without stopping what she was doing, I don't know, Pappy, but you might be dead by then. <laughs> I did what you did. I laughed. And so did Marlena, because it was funny. And then I immediately praised her parents in front of her for raising her with that kind of hope. I don't have to be afraid of death or the death of a loved one. And I praised her for that living that kind of childlike hope that we ought to have. Hope because the big day of Christ is coming, isn't it? Scriptures like Hebrews 10.25 and 1 Thessalonians 1.10. There's good passages to write down and you can read during this uh, holiday weekend. Uh, Hebrews 10.25 and 1 Thessalonians 1.10. Hebrews 10.25 and 1 Thessalonians 1.10. Which encourage us to wait expectantly. That's what hope is. To wait expectantly. I have a hope for the uh, eternity to come. I have a hope that Christ is either going to come and take me home or I'm going to die and then He's going to come and then I'll have a resurrection uh, uh, look, to look forward to. I know that He's coming. That's that hope. And as little Mackenzie said, I may be dead by then when He comes but I'll still have that resurrection. Live in the hope because you are justified. Hope that we have in our justification helps us to rejoice that yesterday's gone. That means I'm a new day closer to heaven, right? Isn't that the better way of looking at it? I wish I would keep remembering the looking, at, looking at it that way and I want you to as well. Keep on keeping on in the hope of justification by keeping focused on eternity. Keep focused on eternity. Why? Look at Psalm 39, 4-7. Psalm 39, 4-7. Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about, heaping up wealth, without knowing whose it will finally be. My granddaughter told me that, didn't she? You might be dead by then. But, verse 7, but now, Lord, what do I look for? Ah, my hope is in you. Keep a right perspective of eternity. In Romans 3, 
I'm sorry, Romans 5, 3 through 5. Romans 3, uh, 5, 3 through 5. And this is the rest of that passage uh, that we're not going to sermonize on right now, but I just wanted to uh, show you how what we've done as we bring things to a closing, what we've done uh, in, in context. Uh, verses 3 through 5 of Romans 5. Paul writes to the Romans and to us, not only this, not only this, all this stuff that we talked about, but we also exalt in our tribulations. What? Exalt in our tribulations? We, we, we exalt in that? We, we are good about that? Why? Well, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, oh, there it is, hope. And folks, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope does not disappoint. Dr. Wood set our theme for the church for 2022 and was to follow Jesus. It is to follow Jesus. So for this morning's, our last point for this morning, keep focused on the eternal one. Keep focused on the eternal one. Our last point. Jesus told his disciples in John 16:33, In this world you're going to have trouble. Has anything changed? In this world you're going to have trouble. But that as he uh, said, uh, um, as he, was, he has come to bring peace. He, that's what he said in John 16.33. I come to give you peace. And he told them to take heart because he has overcome the world. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. Follow him. Have hope in him. In our, in our theology, we know that Jesus conquered life. He conquered temptation without sin. Therefore, He conquered sin. He conquered Satan. And He conquered death itself. And He conquered the world. In our bulletin folders, we meet on Friday mornings with bulletin folders at 8.30. And uh, it's, yes, we fold the bulletins, but we also, well, we enjoy some treats too. And we have a Bible study. During the Bible study at this particular time, a couple of weeks ago, we were studying about how the disciples did not believe in Jesus until they actually saw Him. And then even then, they weren't 100% sure. And one of our members, with a broken voice, said, if only I could see Him. If only I could see Him. It was almost like a, a cry out for deeper faith, but at the same time, a cry out for, I'm going to see Him one day. It was such a, 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 a pure feeling that this, this member expressed. I think we do see Him, don't we? In Philippians, uh, I'm sorry, um, we see Him uh, as Psalm 11, 7 tells us. In Psalm 11, 7 tells us, and we think we, uh, we, we, could, we could see Him in, in the look of others. We can see Him in those who have faith and confidence in the Lord. We can see Him in those who live in an optimistic way, despite the bad things that are going around them. Some of them who, who uh, make us look like we have it really good in comparison. We see Jesus in their face. We see Jesus in activities like that. We see Jesus as other people take a stand despite the, uh, the bad things that are happening. We, we can look for Him working in circumstances and in coincidences. Darrell, you believe in coincidences I sure do I believe coincidences because I believe God makes things coincide we can see Jesus in those things we can see Jesus in in uh, not necessarily with his skin on anymore but with the skin of others 
Because we know that Jesus is everywhere and he, he left so that He could send His Spirit and His Spirit to indwell us. We see Him. Keep meeting with other Christians, people. Keep meeting with other believers. Keep meeting together. Providence Presbyterian Church 11.7 of Psalm reads, For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. Upright men will see His face. I think that not only in the time when we get to heaven, but we'll see His face as He works in our lives. In closing, Jesus wanted to justify you so badly that He suffered horribly and died in our place. And praise God that He did not stay dead. So you know what that means? What comes around does go around. What comes around is a good thing. We always looked at it as a bad. All those things in the beginning, we looked at it as a bad thing. But what comes around goes around. Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again. He beat the second death. You will too. What comes around goes around for you. You may die. You may be taken up when Christ comes back. Either way, like Jesus who justifies, we will never taste that second death. So, three things Go ahead and enjoy the peace of Jesus. The peace that Jesus wants you to enjoy. Go ahead and stand strong in the grace that He has lovingly lavished on you and keep on keeping on and living the eternal hope that will never disappoint. Let's pray. Thanks God for you speaking. Thanks for moving in our hearts. And Lord, it's just like you to take a, a sermon and, and, and have it speak to one person in one way and another person in another way and either way that you are honored and people are knowing you better. I trust that you have and will do so in Jesus. Amen.